Hey everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894. This is the official podcast of Louisiana Tech University. Um, today uh, we are joined by Dr. Elizabeth Matthews and Katya Opel from the College of Engineering and Science. Thank you all for being with us here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So um, the reason that we have our guests on today um, is pretty special. We are just days out from the um, ASCE uh, Concrete Canoe Competition, which is being hosted right here in Ruston. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's the American Society of Civil Engineers. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty big deal, and it's pretty exciting, not just for College of Engineering and Science and for the ASCE chapter here, but for the city of Ruston. So um, maybe you guys could talk a little bit about what this competition is and how it sort of came to be situated here in Ruston for this this particular instance of it. Okay, so uh, in... 2019, uh, our concrete canoe uh, team actually won regionals and advanced to nationals that year. And just being there was such an incredible experience, seeing all the schools from all over the country, schools from, you know, different countries as well, India, China, um, just being around that variety of people was super fascinating. Um, And so then in November of 2019... I was reading my ACE emails and there was one that was asking for hosts for the 2020 school year or 2021 school year um, national competition. And I sent Dr. Matthews an email that said, hey, so I have a really crazy (laughs) idea. (laughs) And so we talked about it. We put in a bid in like a week and a half um, to host. And Nationals already had a host lined up for 21. So Um, Then we got the bid for 2022. They came and visited campus in March of 2020. And then the week later, um, the Mm -hmm. whole world shut down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, It'll it we're looking between four and five hundred people from all over the U.S. Uh, We'll have some teams from Canada. Um, We'll have a couple schools competing virtually just because they weren't able to come. So India, China, some of those schools aren't able to make the trip over, but we're still going to be catering to them and having them compete with everyone else. Um, There's going to be a team from Mexico, a team from Puerto Rico, um, and just a big conglomeration of civil engineering students from everywhere. And sort of just descending on the city of Ruston, which is cool, because nothing's quite happened like that before not that we're right that, not that we know right. <laughs> so um Katya you are a grad student of Dr. Matthews here right yes um so what's it like to kind of get to work together on something like this um like how does how does this dynamic sort of work whenever you're involved in bringing a competition here like this well I love working with Dr. Matthews um <laughs> she was There are not many female, well, there's no other female civil engineering professors. So immediately I Mm kind of gravitated towards her when she first came to the university. Um, And then I think we just kind of clicked. She wanted to be the faculty advisor for ASCE because we had just lost ours. And so we took her on board. And then my senior year, I was looking for research opportunities and she had a great opportunity for me to get involved. So we did that. And I think we just work really well together. Um, I see her as a mentor, um, not just, you know, as an engineer, but also like how to be a, you know, a woman in engineering and also have a family and, you know, how to mix everything and make it all work. 
Very nice. So, Dr. Matthews, what sort of made you want to um, become involved with um, ASCE here at Tech? Um, so, to be honest, like, I like to serve in any mm-hmm. way that I can. So, um, interacting with the students is one of my most favorite things to do. So, it was a perfect opportunity to do that. Um, there are many, many ways that I serve on campus, and those who truly know me know that I probably do too much service work, to be honest. But um, it's it's been a really amazing opportunity, and I really, really wanted to be their faculty advisor. So, whenever they, they said they wanted me to come on board, I was more than happy to say yes. So. Makes sense to me. How long have you been um, teaching here at Tech? So I've been teaching at Tech since 2017. That's when I first started as an assistant professor. And you are a graduate of Tech, right? I am a graduate of Tech. Um, I got both my bachelor's in civil engineering and my master's in engineering from Louisiana Tech. So what made you want to come back and, and be a part of the, the Tech family here in a teaching capacity? So I always enjoyed my time here as a student. And even though tech has changed a bit since I was a student, actually it's changed quite a bit. Um, To me, it always felt like a place that was home. So the idea of coming back here was not that difficult of a leap for me. And academia is what I wanted to do. So when the opportunity came along to come back, I had no problem making that, that leap at all. Makes sense. Everybody's got a reason to be here at Tech. So Katya... Why Louisiana Tech? I wanted a smaller school. I didn't want to go to like a big, you know, LSU, UL. Um, A lot of people that I know from high school went there, and I kind of wanted to do my own thing but still be kind of close to home. Um, Where is home for you? uh, Mandeville, Louisiana. Gotcha. I knew I wanted to do engineering, uh, and so that kind of made tech the, the right choice, and I don't regret my choice at all. I've had so many amazing opportunities since being here. It was like fate almost. <laughs> gotcha. So what what was it about ASC for you here then that made you want to get involved? I, as a freshman, I was sitting in on an ASC meeting. I was, you know, signed up to be a civil engineering major my freshman year. Um, and I was sitting in on a meeting and they said, oh, we need female paddlers for concrete canoe. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a female and I want to get involved with, you know, civil engineering organization. I'll go. And the rest is kind of (laughs) history. I just kept getting more and more involved, meeting everyone, worked my way up. I was um, president of the student chapter my senior year um, and just have stayed involved. I love ASE, not only as like a school student chapter level, but I'm involved on like the national level. meeting with you know the president monthly um, and what's called our student presidential group so it's a group of students that meet with uh, the ASC president once a month and we bring ideas from the student level up to the board of direction um, and get to engage in that sort of way which is really really great yeah sounds good and you you know we've we've touched on it already but you know this competition centered around a concrete canoe the uh, sort of the, an idea like two words that don't normally belong together um, but it has become sort of um, a staple, sort of an identifying feature of our engineering program here at Louisiana Tech. I mean, there's one hanging from the ceiling in the engineering building now. So um, how how long, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. It, has this sort of been a focus for engineering programs at Louisiana Tech, at the concrete canoe, canoe building and competition specifically? 
I know, um, I mean, just hands-on project uh, groups is a big focus. You know, engineering students want to get their hands on. They want to get involved, want to build things and do things other than just sit down and do calculus all day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that that already is a main target of the engineering programs. Um, As far as Concrete Canoe goes, I think our, you know, efforts and teams go back to the early 90s um, from what I've heard. Uh, it took us a couple years to kind of ramp up, and then we were doing really well. You know, I mean, it comes and goes in waves, but um, we're on a we're on an up right now, so <laughs> we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, got a competition to compete in, right? Yeah. So, um, and the okay. So once again, the idea of a concrete canoe. Um, explain how sort of that that works. Does that make sense? Like, how is that possible? So normal concrete that you see every day, like in sidewalks and you know, streets and stuff, that concrete is cement mixed with rocks and, you know, big particles that are usually heavy because they can take that compressive load. Um, Our lightweight concrete is, you know, the similar cement with some different um, admixtures, but also instead of these big rocks, we use um, microscopic almost uh, glass bubbles and um, extremely lightweight, what we call aggregates, which are the, you know, the fillers that bind the cement to, with the cement together. Um, and then of course, just the shape of a canoe itself should float, um, you know, the different buoyant factors and everything. Um, it doesn't have to be that the density of the boat is lighter than water, but that is one of the goals. Uh, we have a boat that's coming, that's about seven, over 700 pounds. So, wow. It doesn't have to be lighter than water, but it definitely helps when you're putting four people in it to paddle sure. a race. <laughs> no doubt. How so? Has the because a canoe is is pretty the shape of it has been pretty consistent throughout history. So how has like the factor of making a canoe out of concrete changed over time? I mean, I'm sure it has. Just like the way that the concrete's made, is that sort of a, a difference as opposed to many years ago? I would think so. Um, I know a lot of, I mean, new technologies, new Mm -hmm. aggregates, um, things like that, of course, play into your mix design. Um, And then I know a big challenge for a lot of schools is making their mold and their form. We are very lucky to have a foam CNC router so we can, you know, cut that out really well. A lot of schools, they have to, you know, form some sort of wood mold, which takes a lot more time and Mm -hmm. effort. Um, and then, you know, there's a male mold or a female mold, you know, different, there's so many different methods to do it. Um, and that's again, such a great thing to see at a competition like this. You see everything under the sun of what you could do to make a concrete canoe. Wow. That's a good point. Cause I, I'm, I'm sure every school's got their own sort of like quirks and techniques and tweaks that they do to theirs. Even if the goal is to create a canoe, no two are the same, I'm sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, what is your, so are you involved with the canoe creating process at all? I was mm-hmm. in undergrad um, for the four years that I was in undergrad. I was involved with, you know, building the canoe. I was a paddler. Um, but during grad school, I've kind of taken a step back and let, you know, the younger kids kind of figure it out on their own. Um, and then also I'm not eligible to actually paddle mm-hmm. and race. Um, so it's just kind of guiding them, helping them throughout the way, but also letting them figure it out on their own um, because they do need to figure it out. And, you know, they're budding engineers. They need to learn how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one is figuring it out. So what was your favorite part of it all while you were a student? I loved paddling. <laughs> it's exhilarating. 
So what was a competition like for you then as a student? It was long days. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, several long days. Um, I mean, you get there, you get to show off your boat, you get to show off your display board, um, you get to see everyone else's. Um, and then, you know, you have the presentations and those can be tedious, but I mean, it's still a great learning experience. Um, and then, of course, everyone's always looking forward to the races. Mm -hmm. The races are so much fun. You see everyone's school spirit um, as a paddler. You, you know, Just it's like, right there it's like it. any sport, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you gear up and practice all year for this big race, this big competition. Um, and then you just go and you've got two minutes, if that, to put everything you have into getting your little boat there and back mm -hmm. <laughs> or through the buoys. Um, and it's, I mean, there have been times where you push yourself so hard, you have to have someone pick you up out of the boat because your arms are so dead, you can't really climb out yourself. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun. It's intense. Though. And so it's the canoes are scored much more than just on like their composition and their appearance, right? They have to be able to perform. Correct, yes. Right. So when it comes to a competition, Dr. Matthews, what is the best part of it for you? I would say like the two favorite things I like display is one of them because then you get to look at everybody's what they've hard worked hard mm -hmm. on all year. So, and uh, you know, going back to like some of the designs, like the designs and the requirements for the designs change every year. So it's not the same every year. And then how they decorate those canoes and how they use certain techniques to decorate those canoes changes every year. So it's always exciting to see like, you know, how the teams are able to come up with these designs, but by far the races are the most exciting thing. Um, just because you get to watch your team race and you're like crossing Everyone's your feet, yeah. everybody's yelling, everybody's cheering. And it's just really, it's really a lot of fun. So, and this is going to be at Lincoln Parish Park, right? This, this Correct. competition, yes. right? um, which is a, a beautiful area. And it's good that Rustin is getting this sort of, this sort of exposure. And I mean, um, it's also going to be like smack dab during Peach Fest, right? Yes. So, we, and that was intentional, right? We did do that on purpose. We wanted to give our, you know, attendees, our participants, a even stronger taste of Rustin by, you know, bringing them to Peach Fest and everything, getting to really fully experience what Rustin has to offer. It's, it, it's tricky. We, um, we sort of talked about this before the podcast because we're in the middle of summer break right now. Um, and Louisiana Tech and the student body are a large part of Rustin. So during the summer, um, when a lot of the students are on break, um, Rustin sort of changes a little bit. So being able to showcase Rustin in a way that brings out the best of it is a little more challenging in the summer. But the Peach Festival and having so many different schools and students come here is going to help with that, I think. Absolutely. So by the time this competition comes and goes, um, what happens after the competition? How do you, do you immediately start preparing for the next one? How often do, do, do you compete? Is it once a year? I mean, I'm sure the preparation is never ending, though. So after nationals or internationals in next week, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta, gotta get used to saying that. <laughs> um, we kind of take a break until the new set of rules come out in September, I believe. Um, it might be early October, but we, you know, take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, an off season in a way. Yeah, yeah. Kind of an off season, you know, I mean, no one's really here for, you know, everyone's off doing internships or working, whatever it may be. 
Uh, so we really don't do much with it. We might, you know, have a cleanup day where we tidy up, take inventory of things we need to buy or, you know, kind of brainstorm maybe some new ideas. But for the most part, it's kind of an off season from nationals until we get that new set of rules in September or October. How dramatic are the, the rule changes and the sort of the constraints of the competition? They're not super dramatic. Um, I'd say within the last five years, mm-hmm. there's been some pretty hefty dramatic changes. Um, I know like for the year of COVID, everything was theoretical. So they were able to really implement some stuff that um, in theory might have worked, but realistically they probably would have never implemented in a in-person competition. Um, and it, it's usually very minor changes. Uh, you are required to change your canoe every year, so you can't use the same mold. You can't use the same dimensions. Okay. Um, and so every year it's, okay, well, what are we going to change this year? Are we going to increase the thickness? Are we going to increase the length? Are we going to shorten it? Are we going to increase the width of it? Um, how tall are we going to make mm-hmm. it? All these little changes. Are we going to add more reinforcement? Um, every year, you know, you slowly just build upon about what you've been working on. And uh, so even though the rules may not change much internally, we do try to make at least one, I'd say, pretty drastic change every year just to really well, it sounds like push too, it forward. Yeah, it sounds like, too, that once a canoe has competed, it's not really competition eligible anymore, right? Because the canoe has to be different. Yeah. So what happens to a canoe after it's... After it's not not really run its course, but in a way run its course in a competition. Well, if it doesn't break. <laughs> <laughs> How often does that happen? Um, pretty often. I mean, not for us particularly, but there sure. are some schools that they don't even get to race, you know, at the competitions because they break on transport. Um, but we usually keep ours out at the park, and that's what we practice with um, throughout from September to April. March, April, whenever regionals is. Um, So we try to keep them as long as possible. We'll um, fiberglass any like patches where they may get holes or cracks or things like that just to keep them as long as possible. Um, And of course, you know, there's the odd chance that someone drops it and it breaks in half or, (laughs) or, you know, God God forbid something like that happens. But um, we try to keep them as long as possible just for practice purposes. Gotcha. So, um, like winning and placing in these competitions, uh, what does that do for a a chapter or a group of students at a university? How does that sort of propel them? How does that sort of help them in their their academic or professional careers? Well, I would say that um, the thing the thing about winning, especially going to you know the society wide level competitions, is that it, the experience really does help. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see what the winning teams, what their boats look like and how they compete and how competitive they are. So I do feel like that experience is actually beneficial and that's something you can carry on and pass on to the younger members because one of the most important things I feel like, and just being a faculty advisor, that passing of knowledge is really, really crucial. And that was something that was really apparent this year, especially when we went back to in-person competitions. There were teams that 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 knowledge hadn't gotten passed down. And so um, they struggled a little bit. And that's to be expected after coming off of something like COVID. But our team, I feel like, did a really good job of passing that knowledge down. And so the experience of competing is is crucial, I think, for for that knowledge building. That makes sense. Because, yeah, I I guess when you think about it, there were certainly a, a 
minority of students, but a, a group of students who their first competition was the COVID one. So how do you, you know, how do you suddenly get more hands-on with how you approach the competition? I guess that's just something interesting to think about. Um, is it sort of, can you sort of feel this energy that like, because this is going to be the first uh, in-person finals in a while, is it is everyone sort of just like chomping at the bit to, to come here and have this competition? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a few friends that are in AAC chapters around the country and everyone's excited to get back. I think it's the first student like society wide event. I mean, because there's like leadership seminars mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think this one is really the first one that um, is big and it's happening and everyone's excited. Um, you know, we had capacities and people wanted to bring double and triple what their capacities would allow them um of course you know we we then opened it up and said anyone can come (laughs) but uh yeah it i think everyone's ready everyone's ready so how many people are we expecting between four and five hundred that's a a large group of people (laughs) and they're all bringing canoes (laughs) uh yeah well not everyone um some so this year is actually a culmination of three different competitions so we've got concrete canoe Mm -hmm. sustainable solutions which is a um sustainability geared uh competition and then surveying um competition as well so we've got not just the 18 schools for concrete canoe but we've got you know 12 or 13 schools for sustainable and 12 or 13 schools for surveying as well um and so not everyone's bringing a canoe but it kind of makes it a lot cooler because you've got all those 18 schools for canoe, but mm-hmm. then a certain group of schools that are really good at surveying or a certain group of schools that are really good at sustainable. So it's an even broader range of who's all coming. Yeah. So talk a little bit about those two other areas of competition that you just mentioned. So I, I'll talk about sustainable because, yeah. you know, that's one of my interest areas. Um, so that competition hasn't been around for a very long time, only a few years. And um, when it started out, it was a building, like much like you'd build a canoe, you had to build something. Um, the last few years, they've done more of a design kind of um, competition, but pretty much the competition gears around designing and using sustainable criteria for that. So sustainable criteria, the tool that they actually use is called Envision. Um, and for anybody that's heard of sustainability, there's actually many, many different tools that you can use. but. You know, the overall arching idea is that you build something that's environmentally um, friendly or has less of an impact on the environment. And there's many, many different ways to do that and many criteria that go into that. So it's really, for me, it's really cool to see that competition and see our students compete in that competition and take some of that knowledge that we teach them in the classroom Mm -hmm. and apply that. So to me, it's great because I love sustainability. It's just one of my areas. But um, And then surveying, I mean, that's been more of a... I think maybe it's the first time they've had it as part of the ASC competition. Maybe Katia can speak more to this. Yeah, we we know that there's been serving like regional competitions for a while, but I think this is one of the first years that um, UESI, which is part of ASCE, um, that they have kind of said, okay, let's make a national surveying competition. So I think last year was the first one, and then this year um, – well, last year was virtual, so then this year will be the first in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I'm not too familiar with it, but some of their, you know, they have their field tasks, they have certain presentations they need to do, um, and I think it's still there's still a lot of just kind of figuring out exactly 
what's coming of that competition. Um, but, I mean, we've got a good team. They really enjoy serving. It's a good field to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's still just kind of developing. Nice. So it sounds like there are, like, different stages of growth for each area of this competition. So it's going to be, I mean, engineering-wise, it sounds like there's, in a way, something for everyone, you know, uh, any civil engineering person out yeah. there. Yeah, and they're piloting uh, even more competitions. I mean, they're still coming up with new ones every year. Um, there's a Timber Strong uh, competition that they're still working on, uh, construction competition. Um, they just brought back steel bridge. So that's also, you know, getting involved and there's, there's, they're trying to figure out something for everyone. They really are for every aspect of civil engineering. That's very cool. And we're going to host them all right now. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So what, so how has it been, you know, we're coming right up on it. I'm sure there's been a lot of like logistics and all that that you guys have been like a part of planning and figuring out so how has it been being involved in the process of bringing this to Ruston so like what's been the most I guess involved part of it all maybe not the part that's been the most stressful but I think that's kind of what I'm trying to ask you is like what's been the most challenging part of of making this happen figuring out everyone that's coming honestly I think getting through registration getting those numbers um making sure everyone's where they need to go. Um, and then it almost makes everything else feel easy because <laughs> you're not waiting on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to print signs, that's easy. You just have the design, send it off, and sure. then you get it when it's done. But uh, coordinating with so many different people, um, people in different time zones, all these different things, mm-hmm. it definitely makes it challenging. <laughs> yeah, because you think about when you go to an event, you're just – you're going to an event, you register, you go. But when you are hosting it, you are kind of responsible for the majority of that too. So yeah, that's just something to think about, Dr. Matthews. Yeah, and just to add, I mean, we are just two people sitting in this room right Mm -hmm. now, but there is a whole group of people that are behind the scenes that are doing all kinds of different things um, that have helped out in many different ways. Um, All the students who are on the planning committee, um, Dr. Timms has been a huge help um, with planning the, you know, a lot of the aspects of the competition and hosting. Um, My husband, Dr. John Matthews was Mm -hmm. a huge part of the fundraising part. If it hadn't been for him, we wouldn't have raised as much money as we did to be able to host this. So there's just a lot of different people behind the scenes that are making this happen. Happen. So, you know, just just know that it, it took a huge team to, to work on this. Yeah. And so um, speaking of being behind the scenes, when it comes to competition, the competition days, what are you two going to be doing? Are you going to be able to get a chance to kind of just enjoy it and spectate? Or are you going to be running around and keeping busy? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> While we would love to just be able to sit and enjoy the competition, I'm sure there's going to be things that you got to run and tend to fill up my car with gas and just drive around all over Ruston making sure everything's good to go. (laughs) All right. Well, um, like I said earlier, we are just a few days away um, from this competition. I think the date that this podcast drops is going to be just a couple days out. So this is going to be June 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Correct. um, A Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Like we said, it's going to be a big deal for Ruston. It's a big deal for the College of Engineering and Science, the ASCE kids. Um, So I'm really excited to see what happens. I know y'all are. So thank you for joining us today. um, And good luck with the competition and have fun. I'm sure you will.
Thank you so much. And of course, most of the events are open to the public. So we'd, if you're in town, we'd love for you to come out to uh, campus and Lincoln Parish Park just to see everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited. Right. Thank you, <laughs> Katia, Dr. Matthews. Thank you for being here today. And um, good luck. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.